Okay, when we first started off, um, the I'm doing this all from memory. I'm not uh, spending much time looking at the book, by the way, um, or whatever. But I basically, I downloaded the PDF for free from the internet, um, from the website. And I had it mostly on my phone, and I was just going off of a PDF. Um, PDF was huge, by the way, but um, I'd read it on my phone, and I'd also read it on the website. It starts off with your characters are somehow transporting goods um, south from starting at Neverwinter and then transporting them down. Um, I added a character, Philip, right away, <laughs> and I was excited to do that. He is, you know, this young, happy character that acts as a little brother and i thought that that would be fun for you nathan to to have a little brother tagging along because you've been a little brother um this this little kid that's like a fan and really excited and also has a bit of a backstory to it and i i still don't know how even now how it all pieces together how philip's parents who are explorers um how they tie into this exactly it, the, the, it's it's really rather loosey-goosey and I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and just make it work um and just kind of force it in there but um his parents being these explorers that have specifically are looking for a portal into the Feywild by the way biggest spoiler right now off the bat there is no mention of the Feywild or the Shadowfell in um, Lost Minds of Fandelver at all. Nothing. Um, so anything having to do with the Feywild or the Shadowfell is a complete addition. Philip is also a complete addition. You weren't supposed to have anybody on that wagon with you. Um, you were just supposed to be taking the wagon, just you or your characters. Um, so the fact that Philip came along was a whole nother addition. Philip's pendant is a complete addition that, well, not a pendant, it's a finger wearing a ring. So it's a stone finger wearing a ring that he got from his parents, um, obviously ripped off of, you know, you probably guess, but ripped off of a statue somewhere. And um, I didn't know what I was going to do with this finger in this ring, but um, I, I figured it'd probably have something to do with the ending and tie it back in, um, especially because the ring is obviously... Uh, a Feywild, anything that had to do with blue and pink and magenta and cyan flecks, um, those kind of like light blue and hot pink and uh, purplish flecks or crystals, I, I'm saying is associated with the Feywild. And uh, this ring then is obviously associated with the Feywild. And the fact that it's also a concrete finger is kind of a connection. I'm actually making this up right now as I'm talking to you. Um, but I like seeing this connection. The fact that when the wearer of this necklace goes unconscious, the person closest to them or the person touching them goes into the half realm of the Feywild, half Feywild, half natural. It's kind of like that same thing with the finger itself. It's half concrete or half stone. Um, and then it's half, well, it's not half concrete, it's half stone, half stone. And then the ring itself is Fey. It's like the two together. And it's the same thing that, um, when, when the wearer of this finger ring necklace thing, you know, this necklace on a cord, 
this this broken off finger on a leather cord. When the person who's wearing it goes unconscious, they then go and they take with them a conscious friend who is close by, and anyone touching them would also go. Um, so luckily, I haven't transported any monsters with you into that realm either. Um, but in that, the Feywild uh, time goes differently. This was all inspired because of the dungeon cast and listening to them talk about the Feywild. And basically, every, t every time I listened to the dungeon cast, I wanted to take whatever was in the dungeon cast and bring it into our campaign. Um, and I just keep doing that. As I look up monsters, I want to bring up every monster that I see into our campaign. So anyway... Um, Philip was a complete addition, and I'm glad that he did. It really doesn't need it, because even now that we're in Wave Echo Cave, what we really like about TV shows is you need a balance of characters, just like you need a balance of fighting. You also need a balance of personalities. You need someone who is fun and lighthearted and goofy, and that's why I'm also so glad that um, Frito, the goblin, joined your party. You know, not that you necessarily wanted him to, um, but he he joined your party. I mean, you, you did capture him and interrogate him, and then he escaped, but then came back. We can... Frito, all that stuff with Frito is completely made up. There is nothing that suggests that a goblin should want to do that. I did read up on a lot of goblin lore on how goblins should act, um, and they do... that. Goblins do not, like... They're cannon fodder because they multiply so quick, but they don't actually want to die. And so they're quick to divulge and do say whatever they need to to keep themselves alive because in the afterlife, their afterlife is miserable because they're recruited as warriors in this endless war. Um, I think possibly between the demons and the devils. I don't know. Um, but their god is like really just a bad – they're, they're – main high deity is a really bad one their lower deity who is actually a goblin um is not such a bad guy himself but the higher one is and just doesn't doesn't take care of them so um and i forget what all those names are i remembered them at the time so anyway Frito wanting to maybe change his ways and and avoid a horrible afterlife is completely normal uh, I think, except for the fact that they're just inbred evil. I don't know. Um, I did hear it in a podcast where they had one of these goblins come about, but it was it was more because one of the members of the party wanted it. Anyway, I like these elements to round out because, Nathan, your, your characters are very serious. You play very serious. You play very emotional and... Um, you play very mature characters that are that are stoic and dark. Um, you don't play the crazy characters that just rush into battle. You don't play the the goofy characters that do random things. And so having this goblin and this boy Philip around um, just added a little bit of that life. And so I really liked that kind of dynamic um, in the beginning. Um, so, real quick, um, your, your very first encounter was supposed to be with four goblins, um, and you did a great job handling them because there was the archers that were kind of hiding off. I actually added the wolf when I learned that goblins 
like wolves. And I do like how, how well the Lost Minds of Fandelver sticks with and implements game lore and tendencies. Like, goblins work with wolves. They, they, norm, they ride wolves. They train wolves. They use wolves. So what I did is back in um, the goblin hideout in the caves, that first room, you're supposed to have three wolves in there. And I was like, nah, it's not really that good. I'll, I'll just want to put two wolves in there. And I will take the third wolf, and the third wolf was actually in that first encounter. So right off the bat, your very first encounter, I made it harder than it was supposed to be. I think, I don't know if I did three goblins. It's supposed to just be four goblins. And I think I did four goblins and a wolf right off the bat, making it harder. And it was no big deal. Um, you were fine. And, um, and then when you actually went through the caves... Um, I did take out a few of the goblins that were around a campfire. Um, and I didn't make the goblins that were right by Clark, the bugbear, come and attack you either. Although they, I think they were supposed to. And you were able to kill Clark, like basically sneak up and kill him. The three of you just ganged up on him and you took him out right away. And it was like no problem. Um, so... Um, that's really the only difference there. Um, oh, and the fact that you interrogated the goblin and you learned about all the traps right along the way. You interrogated Frito um, and got the answers to all the traps of the first cave. I was a little like, I was like, that's kind of cheating. But then I was like, it's okay. It's the first cave. It's, it's, don't worry about it. So I, I was fine having the goblin tell you everything about the hideout. Um, up the way. So that's about Philip, about the uh, pendant or the finger. <laughs> that is about, um, that's all that I did for the first encounter and for the goblin hideout um, cave. Otherwise, you ran that cave, I, I ran that cave just normal, right out of the book, what you're supposed to do. And the n same number of goblins. There was, again, just maybe a couple. And you only had th two wolves instead of three to deal with, but that was really it. I mean, that was that was it. So um, it's good. It's good to remember this. I'm enjoying this. So next time, um, oh, and just to to let you know, okay, so that zombie encounter that you then run into on your way, that whole farmhouse, by the way, that farmhouse that you that you stayed at halfway, where Philip says that he has this. I completely added that, that whole family. It's based on a family that we know here uh, south of us in Sheboygan. Um, that's a really a strong family. I like them a lot. It's a, a Friends of Alicia's that she's introduced to me to. And so I based our whole house and all the boys there, there. And like, how, does, how would they live in this farmhouse, in this wild community? It's because it's because they've got a bunch of sons and all the sons are really strong, you know? Um, and that's how they can live so far from civilization in a land full of monsters. And so I added that farmhouse that you used as like a station. I'm really glad you did. Um, and then you used that as a rest and then you went back to then go to the goblin hideout. That was great. Um, and then the scenario with Frito escaping and then coming back. Um, I liked that that just added like 
it wasn't like I was changing my mind. Um, it was, it was, I wanted to keep Frito around, but I did want him to cause havoc <laughs> and just cause you havoc and have you make, just get frustrated. Cause that's funny. That's good gameplay. I know you probably don't want to be frustrated, but that that's what we like to see in movies and stories is when the straight characters get frustrated with the crazy characters, you know? Um, and then the whole, all the goblins that you killed, then attacking you like zombies, um, running up to the cart, that was completely my creation. None of, that's not in the book at all. You're not supposed to run into anything like that. Um, you could run into a few zombies out in the wild on a random encounter, but that's only after you're like level three and you've been to Fandolin before, where they give you a random encounter map, um, that you might run into stuff. And that's the random encounters are supposed to be like when you're going out to the owl well, and when you're going out to the wyver, the war or whatever, and while you're going out to Kragma castle. So um, that whole zombie attack that I had the necromancer, um, there is a necromancer. He is supposed to be there with a bunch of zombies at the Owl but he's just supposed to be hanging out. And so bringing in the, um, bringing in the necromancer right there and well, not even telling you about him, but you just getting attacked by all the zombies you just killed, I thought was just fun. I just want to give you a big horde to kill of like all of them, and I didn't play the zombies the way you're supposed to, where they're supposed to come back to life if you knock them dead. They come back with one HP and get to another round on you. Um, I didn't do that. Partially because Timna went crazy with when Philip went down, and uh, the pendant um, caused that. Um, I, yeah, I remember that time I was so scared that Philip was going to die and I was like, Oh no, he's my favorite character and you're going to kill him. Um, but at least I still have Frito. <laughs> um, but anyway, that was, that was, that was really good. So I hope we can have some more moments like that. So anyway, I just want to let you know that's pulling back the curtain a little bit. Um, yeah, you were just supposed to Ride back to Fandolin, no big deal. The book even has mentioning of um, if you get attacked on the road, you could go to Fandolin and then someone would actually send you back to um, find the goblin hideout. So you've like gone to Fandolin, re-equipped, taken a long rest after that little attack on the road and then go back to the hideout. Um, and you weren't supposed to have really any random encounters or anything like that along the way either. And then, um, but you did it all. I guess you went to the house instead and I didn't make you go all the way back. You just stayed at that farmhouse, which was a good, so anyway, that's pulling back the curtain a little bit on that first chapter. Okay. So after the goblin hideout you go back to the farmhouse. You've already stayed there one night, and I was really hoping that you'd stay there another night and rest. And you did, because that is when I completely created this, this idea that um, all of the dead goblins and wolves and bugbears from the hideout, well, within reason, maybe not all of them, 
um, we're going to, we're going to, um, be raised from the dead by the necromancer. You didn't know this yet, but there's obviously this necromancer, um, that had been, and by the way, this is not something that they gave. The game does have the necromancer in it and the game did have the black spider in it, but there was no correlation between the necromancer and the black spider. They didn't, um, at least the, the book doesn't mention, excuse me, um, doesn't mention them being together or in cahoots in the least. Um, the necromancer made no information about them, but they're not working together. And the black spider is not a necromancer. We'll talk about more about the black spider in another episode. Well, anyway, all you were going to get hit by is a bunch of zombies. So all of the, so in my mind, they were working together. The black spider, I, I wanted to elevate the black spider. So the black spider would have talked to the necromancer. The black spider like is able to, peer out psychically and to talk to people, uh, psychically like once a day or, uh, you know, um, to, to kind of coordinate forces and such. Uh, I, I think that that made the black spider much more of a dangerous foe. So in my mind, the black spider talks to the necromancer. Now, granted, this is very unrealistic, um, the timetable here, but I just wanted an epic battle. So, the necromancer would have like in, instantly been in the right place. Like the black spider would have talked, tried to talk to the bugbear telepathically or psychically at the cave. Um, but it wouldn't have worked because you would have just killed the bugbear. So she then turns to the necromancer and says, someone's done this, you know, Hey, raise them from the dead and go attack the road. Um, and it just so happens that you were staying at the house. And so we got this really cool walking dead battle where um, the wolves, um, I gave them, um, they have stealth and pack tactics. So I let them, I, 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 I set you up. I mean, you still did fine in the battle. Um, from the beginning, it was a little unfair that you didn't get a chance to even see the wolves um, waiting up on the, the ridge as you were leaving the farmhouse. And um, you had um, the Philip, Philip, the boy that I added was driving. Um, you didn't know that he has this like this magical finger um, as a medallion, like kind of around his neck. You didn't know that. You didn't know um, that the goblin Frito was hiding underneath the um, sheets there in the cart, but you found him. You had that conversation with Frito, who was a stole away and said, I can't go anywhere. I'm just going to go with you um, anywhere. I'm dead. And you seem to let me live. And I kept up my part of the bargain. So I believe you'll keep up yours. Um, and so as you're having that conversation in the front seat, Philip and um, Timna, the halfling rogue, see the the starts of a gob uh this goblin zombie horde led by this bugbear coming at you um and i wanted there to be i wanted this to this battle to be a just a a 
for for you to be just a fun kind of like they all had low hp they all had lower i i kind of lowered all their stats i didn't give them exact zombie stats and i didn't play it where they were for more formidable dead or whatever that that trait is that zombies have where they can come back from the dead at one um what i just did is i wanted to take the whole cave all of the zombies and try and remember even some of the scars so that you would recognize that these were the same zombies that you killed in whatever whatever way you left them in, you know, if you chopped off an ear or an arm or something like that, um, you would recognize your wounds on these zombies. So you've got this zombie horde of about, I think it was about eight zombies and a bugbear coming at you, and then your two guy your two guys that were on on foot, which was uh, Sildar and um, Aaron, your human fighter, noble fighter, were in the back. They both got pinned by wolves. I kind of gave them the advantage on the attack. They had pack tactics and they had, um, even though they were zombie wolves, um, and they had to spend the whole time fighting those two. Meanwhile, the cart slowly gets swarmed by by zombies which was just fantastic and then Frito gets a chance to to prove that he's with the group as he tries to fight off the zombies with you philip um i remember this battle he um did very poorly during the battle and and got shot by i think i had two zombie archers um and philip got killed like right away by them so philip did not get to be a hero at all kind of fulfilling what you had always thought you you felt like philip was like this like stole away little brother which is ironic um you know that he just wanted to be so i really liked philip's character i really liked that i added him especially because he just um you play so serious and it's more lighthearted, and he also makes he makes the heroes feel bigger because they have a fan because they have something to compare themselves to. That's actually small. And Philip was small. Anyway, Philip gets knocked down. And as he does that, I wanted some sort of, um, device, you know, so he, I say that he activates his, uh, pennant and I hadn't fully worked these things out. I have all these ideas in my head and many of them get worked out even as combat is going, unfortunately, but he falls and touches Timna and then transports Timna into a half fey wild state. Um, and the reason for this, as you probably know now, is that the finger is actually from the Forge of Spells, uh, is, is from the statue of the Black Spider. Um, and the ring that's on the finger is... Uh, a fey wild ring um and but they're like fused together they're like attached you can't really get them off at that point um and i just wanted to keep it that way i just wanted to keep it you know something i just made this up and i'm like i'm not sure what the statue is going to be eventually um but i was like if well a finger surely i could do something with that instead of it just being a ring you know um, like you could put it on your own finger and it would do something. I thought that this was just a little more flavorful and it would tie in later. So I just leave these loose ends. I don't know what I'm going to do with it at this point, but I really like the idea of stepping into the Feywild. I've been listening to too many podcasts, um, explaining out the lore of these things. And I just, every time I listen to a podcast, I want to use it. It was whatever I, so I started looking up specifically podcasts for things that were going to be coming up, um, mostly on the dungeon cast. 
And so rather than just listening to any old thing, because then I start pulling it into my campaign and make my campaign too big, like I did with the Faye Wild, um, instead I tried to find podcasts specifically about um, goblins and orcs and or ogres or whatever was coming down the pike. So that way I could just do those better and richer. Um, even if it was just for me, because that's why I'm making this podcast now is because there was so much behind the scenes that I didn't, uh, I, I didn't share with you or your characters didn't discover because I, that, that really wasn't your thing. You were in like, you were into combat and loot. So, um, I, I wish I would have gotten more of that. I plenty of combat, but more loot would have been good. But for the loot that I did create, this finger was one of them. Philip gets hit by these arrows, holds this finger, clutches this finger, and falls down and transports Timna into a time state in between the two. Um, and the way that this worked was Timna is half transported into the Feywild, half transported, half in the material realm. Um, as this finger was part of the portal that was part of the Forge of Spells um, between... It was literally a portal between the Feywild and um, the Material Realm. And actually the Shadowfell. You'll get that later. Um, but she's then transported there. And the way that it, Feywild time is different. It is not succinct with um, Material time. And uh, a, you know, a year in the Feywild could be a day in the Material Realm or vice versa. So what I did is I made it so that way... Um, Faye Wild time went faster, and um, when you were in this realm, I would roll a d10, I think it was, or a d12, um, and for this first one, uh, Timna got like nine rounds. Um, she just got plenty of time um, for how long she was going to be in there and uh, how many rounds she would get. And she was able then to, and she also got, you know, advantage on attacks because everyone around her is just frozen. And imagine too, if you are swinging a, a sword at 10 times the speed. So if she looks like she's in there for one round and she's actually in there for 10, that means it's moving 10 times faster. So she, when she swings her short sword at the time she had, it would be 10 times the force of a normal short sword below. So she is able to, as she is, the cart is completely surrounded by zombies. She is able to destroy all the zombies. Um, this took actually two sessions and I know you just wanted to get, um, to town, to Fandolin. Um, cause you just wanted to, you were, you were just in a go, go, go man, mindset. You were in a go, go, go mindset. This, this entire campaign actually, um, but it was this was a good battle to just stop and and introduce um, this trinket and um, just have fun. It was just supposed to be fun. Like you're in a cart. It was really a Walking Dead kind of moment. And to tell you the truth, I didn't even realize it was a Walking Dead moment until it was already happening. Until I saw it happening. That wait, oh my goodness, all these zombies are slowly surrounding the cart faster than they can kill them. Um, and so, anyways, it was just fun. Um, so that entire counter encounter and all of it uh, was maybe a little illogical and far-fetched, but it was just made for fun, and I made it for fun. Um, 
and and bent a lot of things. And I think you got out of there, you know, hardly with a scratch on you. Seriously, um, I don't I don't know if anybody actually landed any blows other than Philip, which you almost let die. Uh, that was such a cliffhanger for me. That was the biggest cliffhanger of our game. Is that uh, my favorite character, Philip, at least at the time, was uh, went down, and he was doing. Uh, he he had failed two saving throws and succeeded at two saving throws, death saving throws. So he, the next roll of the die would determine whether or not he lived. And you decided that Timna um, was going to continue to fight and she didn't realize or she wasn't looking after Philip. And so it's like, whoa, either Nathan wants Philip to die <laughs> Um just to just to get the character out of the way, you know, and say that oh, it was the goblins that did it. Um, or you were playing that character really hardcore, you know, of that she didn't see it, and uh, you know that was that was regardless, it was a cliffhanger for me because so, our next session, which would have been uh, session five, was um, when we determined whether or not um, Philip would live or die, and he did. He he lived. Um, so anyway, that, that made for fun playing on my part. Um, so, um, you then make it to Phandalin, already having quite the adventure, and, um, let's see, what else, what else can I say? I'm going to pause this one, because I think that's enough talking for this episode, and I want to talk in the next episode about... Uh, the black spider and just uh, the evolution of that character.